you know, I declare and decree that we're going to be going forward. See, the thing is, is one of my greatest concerns, actually, as your pastor, is the Lord has been out pouring out his Holy Spirit on us. And my concern is that we could be like Moses that goes up to Sinai and is in the presence of the Lord and then leaves the presence of the Lord and the glory fades and then we start wearing a, a veil. See, the thing is this, and this is a, a, a very significant concern in my heart because how do we sustain or remain or increase in the glory of God is by remaining in his presence. By remaining in his presence. A lot of times people, they are in God's presence. We had a powerful weekend last weekend and people's like, oh, I got filled up. And then they go back to some of the old ways. And that's not what God is doing in this house. We're going to increase. We're not done. We didn't finish some task. We are just beginning. You see, God has an assignment over us, over you. I'm going to read to you 2 Corinthians chapter 3. You know, we're leaving for India. And I want to remind you of some, some things because what's going to happen is Pastor Dave and I are going to switch hats and we're going to be kind of shutting down a little bit and not knowing what's going on here. We are entrusting it to our leaders, this house, and we have great speakers coming in. But I want you to know that, that I want to leave you with a word of encouragement to not let the fire start to fade. But you need to be stoking the fire that God has begun into in your life. You got to keep stoking it. You can't be all oh, thank you for that. You got to keep stoking the fire. In 2 Corinthians 3, I love I love the Corinthian church. Actually, it reminds me a little bit of us. Because we want the it was a prophetic house, okay? You say this is what it says. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 2. You are our letter. This is what Paul writes. You are our letter of recommendation, written in our hearts, recognized and read by everyone. So Paul says to the church, his churches, this church in Corinthians, you're our recommendation. So as Pastor David and I leave and go to India, actually you're recommending us saying, you know what, what's been going on in our lives with the, under the canopy of that leadership, we can recommend to you. That's what Paul is saying. You show that you are a letter from Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. See, the work of the Holy Spirit is continuing in our life and in your life, but we have to remain full of the Holy Spirit. See, later in that very passage of Scripture, Paul reminds the Corinthian church that Moses went up to the mountain and he saw met face to face with God and he left with the glory of God but according to verse 13 it says we are not like Moses who used to put on a veil over his face so that the Israelites would not gaze at the end of the glory which was fading see the glory of God faded but later on it says we're not going to be like that why because we can continually be in the presence of God we are going to be a house of his glory actually I said that really fast as if it's not that important. We will be a house of his glory. But what does that mean? Does that mean, Pastor Lynn, get up and stir it up in me because I haven't been doing it all week long? No, that means every day I choose to dwell in his glory. Because that's what increase comes. See, increase cannot come if you're waiting for Sunday or waiting for somebody else to do it on, in you. But increase comes when we are in the presence of the Lord every day. Because we're not going to be a house that does repeat. You know what I mean by repeat? We got to go back to where we were because we stepped back over the year rather than going forward. To increase, you cannot decrease. 
Do you understand what I mean? You can't go back expecting to increase. We have to continue to move forward to press in to change. What? To change? I experienced, Pastor Lynn, I gave you my weekend last weekend. Now this weekend's my weekend. No, this weekend is his weekend. Just like last weekend was his weekend, and next weekend is his weekend. Come on, Pastor Lynn. You know what? What I'm trying to do here is break off a lie that the enemy is trying to put in your head because you have experienced the glory of God. And you are not going to allow it to fade in the name of Jesus. Rather, we're going to live and we're going to dwell in the glory of God in this house. We have a mandate. We have an assignment. We have a mandate. We have an assignment over this house. And the Lord has revealed that he wants us to be in his presence and give. he has given us access to his presence. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill the assignment that he has given to us. You have been given an assignment and you have the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill that assignment. You possess the power of the Holy Spirit, but just because you possess it doesn't mean that you're using it. See, because we're, our culture is this, I know many of us, we have stuff in our house we possess, but we don't use. For instance, I, you know, where's the blender? Where is the Vitamix thing? Where is this? Well, you know what? Let's just go back to chopping because we can't find because our closets are stuffed up with stuff. We have stuff that we may possess, but we don't use. Oh, you know what? I don't want to learn how to use that. I'm just going to go back to what I used to do. Because the learning curve is just too hard. Pastor Lynn, I don't, you know what? You're asking too much of me here. See, the fact is that you possess what Jesus bought for you, but are you using it? Because when you use it is when change begins to happen. Some of us have clutter in our life, so we cannot find the, what we possess. Do you understand what I mean? It's buried, it's there, but it's buried. And we got to get rid of the clutter. And so last weekend we had this great, oh, I found it. I found what I possess. But then I went through my whole week and got lost in the clutter. We're not going back. I declare and decree we will do what 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says. Verse 17. Because after Paul writes about Moses whose glory fades, then he says this. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we all with unveiled faces continually see as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are progressively being transformed into his image from glory to glory, which comes from the Lord, the Holy Spirit. We're going to press on. We're going to go for more. There is more that the Lord has for you. There is more power and authority. He wants you to develop in your life because you possess it, but you have to develop it. And the only way you develop it is by using the power and authority that the Lord has given. We are not going to go back to a bondage. The enemy would want us to go back to the chain that we have, used to have. And then we begin to not use the power and authority. We get a little lazy. We start sitting down in our legs. Oh, my legs are too tired, Pastor Lynn. You know what? You're not too tired. You're not too tired. That is a lie from the enemy. You're not too tired. And then you start putting back on the chains because the enemy has convinced you, you know what, we're not doing that. We're going forward. We're not going back. Our chains are broken. Our chains are broken. Paul and Silas's chains were broken. And when their chains were broken, they began to, the, that atmosphere, that atmosphere broke the chains of the prisoners around them. The Lord is calling us to have an atmosphere. 
The Lord is calling us to be in a place of influence. And it's not just one time a year at the Thirst Conference. Is anybody with me? Lord, is anybody with me here? It's not, oh, done that. Let's, oh, Pastor Lynn, I can't wait till one year from now. No, what? No. Now, today, February 3rd, the power of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. Come on, people. Let's break off the stuff that can get, we can get filled with quickly. We can get filled with it quickly. With the glory shall not fade. The glory shall not fade. Because we will choose. We will choose to remain in the presence of the Lord. This house will choose to remain in the presence of the Lord. I declare it. And that when I say the house, I say individuals in this house. I am changed. You are changed. We are changed. We are changed. This house is changed and we're going to go. As 2 Corinthians 3, 17 says, we're going to have freedom and we're going to go from glory to glory to glory. Increase over this house. I want everybody to stand. I want you to stand. Listen. No more merry-go-rounds. The flow of the Holy Spirit is going to happen in this house. Ezekiel 47, 9. Where the waters of the temple went, went, there was life and healing. Who is the waters of the temple? According to Jesus, the waters are you. The waters are the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. That wherever you go, there is life and healing. Ezekiel 47 9 it will come about that every living creature which swarms in every place where the river goes will live and there will be a very great number of fish because these waters go there so that the waters of the sea are healed and become fresh so everything will live wherever the river goes everything will live wherever the river goes Lord I declare over this house through your Holy Spirit through the Holy Spirit unction as a leader over this house there will not we will not go into a dry patch because we just had a wet patch we will not go on a dry patch because we just got all wet and then think, oh, that's good enough for a while. My tank is filled. Let me wait till it's empty again, and then I'll get filled again. No, we will be a house of overflowing, overflowing. I declare over 2019 that this house is overflowing, that the people in this house are overflowing, that they don't edit you, Lord that they don't resist you, Lord, that they don't uh, say no more, but rather they receive and drink, Father, from you, from your will. We want to be an army, according to Ezekiel chapter 37, that there is an army that you breathe life into through the prophet Ezekiel. We want to be that army then we have to have that breath in us, Lord. We have to have that breath dwelling in us. And that breath has to be strong in us, Lord. We declare, Father, over this house. Father, I break off any patterns, any old patterns, any patterns of ways of thinking. Lord, I say mind of Christ over the people. The mind of Christ of the more. The mind of Christ that, we, that you will do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. You've only just begun. We are not at an end point. We are at a beginning point, Lord. You have brought this house 
to build you have just restored the foundation of this house over the last seven years and now father you're starting to build something that people are going to see but lord we're not going to ever wear a veil over our faces but we're going to have the glory of the lord shining on this house in the authenticity and reality of the the glory of the lord we break off religious mindsets religious mindsets that say oh it's enough that's enough pastor lynn that's enough don't get crazy don't get crazy about it you're becoming a radical we break off that religious mindset in the name of the most high god we say more more lord you're going to take i see the i see the finger of god erasing the boundary lines. Some of you have put boundary lines in front of God. And the Lord says, I am erasing those boundary lines. You've, you've, you've said, only God, you could do this and this and this. And the Lord says, guess what? I'm going to go, I'm going to surpass your boundary lines. I'm going to surpass your boundary lines. Lord, you're going to surpass this house's boundary lines. What we have thought you could do you're going to surpass this house's boundary lines may we not take for granted lord what you're doing may we never despise the spirit of prophecy over this house may we cling to what is good lord as you speak father lord may we know and realize how hungry this world is how hungry this world is for you and through us through us you want us to go out and do holy spirit cpr on the world breathing life into the world some of you in one week, dryness is setting in. In one week, dryness is setting in, and you know it. And and you know what? The Lord wants to break that dryness off you. I, you know what? I'm grabbing the enemy's tactic of deception or just a busyness or whatever gets in our way. Tiredness, it doesn't matter. Physical tiredness, emotional tiredness, whatever. And, and dryness begins to be, start to set in. And, and I am grabbing the enemy's hand and I am throwing it away from you right now. And you need to receive this word right now and say, fill me up, Lord. 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 You know, if you, I'm just gonna be honest with you, like I, not that I'm not, but if you say, you know what, I do feel dryness setting in. I do. I, I, and you know, you know how I know that's the feeling there or the sense is because the Holy Spirit, I've asked the Holy Spirit to give me um, what the body that my, it's kind of like, help me to feel what the children are feeling. You know, it's kind of like your own children. Help me to, to identify with what they're going through. And the Lord, this week as I'm praying, in my prayer time, and I felt the sense of dryness. I'm all, wow. And so if you're feeling like, you know what, I feel like dryness is trying to set in. It's challenging me here. I want you to just raise your hand because we're going to put, uh, anoint you with the anointing oil. It's actually the Elijah. If you felt, raise your hand. If you feel that way, okay. You know what? All that is, is the enemy trying to, because he knows you're powerful. This is Elijah anointing oil. What, what did the enemy try to do to Elijah after the prophets of Baal? Remember the story? After the prophets of Baal, when he had that great power encounter, and God came down and consumed the, the, the altar with his fire. Remember that? And then what did Elijah do? He had a, a, a period of dryness, didn't he? And he goes a-running. 
And the Lord speaks and saying, you're going back and you're going to go back in power and you're going to take Jezebel. He gives the promise of Jezebel coming down. This is the thing. It's very common. It's the same tactic. And Pastor David, I want you to just go and anoint people. We're going to say, break off the dryness. Well, you know what? We're not, I'm, I'm not interested in playing house. I'm not pl- interested in McChurch where you go through the drive-thru, put your time in, and then leave with not, not very much uh, nutrition. We're going to have the presence of the Lord as we gather together. Break the chain that's going to be broken today is dryness. We break off dryness. You don't have to go back to dryness. We break off dryness. Trying to seep in. We break it off. Doesn't have to be there. It's not a price you have to pay. The enemy would say, oh, you now you got to pay through having some dryness. No, the Holy Spirit has come. And the Holy Spirit is the waters of God. And you don't have to live in the dry land anymore. Come on, we break off those chains. We break off the chain of dryness spiritual dryness try the world responsibilities fears worries trying to suck you dry no you shall be flooded with the presence of the lord what the enemy is trying to do will not happen what the enemy is trying to send your Pastor David and I, we we had the privilege of meeting with an Ethiopian pastor this uh, week. And uh, we had a great time. We're going to be partnering with them in some ministry that they're doing in San Jose, planting a church there. But more importantly than that, which that's important, but we prayed over them. Some of the things that they were needing, prophesied over them. And then after that, I said, will you pray for us? And you know what? They prayed. He prayed over us. They prayed together over us. And I'm going to, and then they began to prophesy. They began to prophesy over what's going to happen. And I'm going to say one of the things, I'm not going to tell you everything that they prophesied because some of it's personal. Some of it you're not ready for. (laughs) In time you will be. However, they said this, it's harvest time in Morgan Hill explosion of salvations God's glory over Morgan Hill harvest time in Morgan Hill explosion of salvations God's glory over Morgan Hill and as I was driving today from Gilroy where we live to Morgan Hill Pastor David and I saw the rainbow did you see the full rainbow over Morgan Hill and the Lord says a rainbow is a promise it reminds us of what God has said and it reminded me of what was just prophesied over Pastor David and I as we've entered into this new season over this house in our personal ministries as well as over this house together with you and Pastor David he he went out and took a picture of it see look at the rainbow over this house Do you see that? Do you see that God is saying, I have promised something, and when I say it, I'm going to do it? And you know what? As leaders, we we have the responsibility to say, you know what? What God says he's going to do, and we're going to make sure that nothing gets in the way of that. (laughs) No attitude, no bad decision, 
no dryness, no pride, whatever it may be. We're not going to get let anyone, anything, no attack from the enemy get in the way of God fulfilling what he has spoken over this house. And that means we are responsible to keep you fired up. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit back and let you all be comfortable. If you want to be comfortable, guess what? There are plenty of places you can go on Sunday morning and they won't ask you to do one thing. If you want to check in and do nothing, there's a lot of places to do that. But this house not gonna be dead, and we're not gonna be dry, and we're not gonna be religious. We're going to be life-giving. We're going to be a river of God. We're going to go for it. We're going to swing for the fences. We're going to throw our Hail Marys for all of the, you that are waiting for the, that are here today, that are waiting for the Super Bowl later. Praise the Lord for those of you that came today, because I know some didn't because of the Super Bowl, but that's another story. I'll get them another day. Come on, say amen, Pastor Lynn. Come on, say amen, Lynn. You do that, Pastor Lynn. You do that. Yeah, I will. I'm just teasing. I'm kind of te- You know what? I'm kind of teasing. I'm not totally teasing, though. We're going to go for it. And I just want you, I want you to remember as Pastor David and I, we're going to be gone for the next two weeks. You need to show up. You need, we have great preachers coming in. We're telling these great preachers, our house is on fire. So don't come in limp noodle. (laughs) Oh, really? Your house is on fire? I want them to go, your house is on fire. Amen. Are you on fire? Yeah. Tongues of fire. Acts chapter 2. We are for this generation. We are the Acts chapter 2 for this generation. We will not let the fire go out. We will not let the fire of God go out. You're with me? The Lord said, you, the Lord asked me, told me to ask you, are you with me? Are you with me? Come on. I promise, Pastor David, I promise, we're going to give you our life. As, as leaders and as people who have committed to be full of the Spirit, we're giving you our life. We're giving you our best years. We're giving you our best years. So let's go for it together, will you? Let's do it. Let's do this thing. You don't win with just a quarterback. No matter what, who gets the glory? You know how the quarterbacks are always the ones with the interviews and, whoa, Tom Brady, la, la, la. But they don't, he doesn't win all by himself. He does, and you all know that. And the fact is this, it takes the whole team to win the game. It takes every last one of us in this room to do the assignment that the Lord has over this house. It takes your commitment. It takes the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It takes you walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. It takes you walking in the authority of the Holy Spirit. And I want to declare that. And guess what? You have it in you to do it. You have it in you to do it. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and dwells in you. Same spirit. Not any less. Same spirit. So what we're going to do is we're going to commit together. We're going to commit together. Say, you know, you're talking like a mama before she leaves her cubs. Exactly. I am. I am. I'm going to leave you all fired up. Because... I refuse to allow the enemy to try to come in and creep in here. I refuse that. That's why we're high heels, because I'm going to just smash the enemy's fingers, toes, whatever he's trying to do with the heels that I wear, and they're going to be crushed. What does Scripture say? It's crushed under. He shall be, his head shall be what? Crushed. So let's pray.
And then we're going to sing Shekinah Glory. So get ready, okay? Because we're going to have the Shekinah Glory over this house. Presence of the Lord. Lord, we're making a commitment as a house. And Lord, we're speaking for those who aren't here today as well. We're, we're taking a vote, although we're not a democracy really, we're a theocracy, but we're saying we're in unity, Lord, because a house di divided against itself cannot stand. So we're in unity to say, Lord, this house is going to be house of your glory. It's going to be house, Lord, of your power. It's going to be house of salvations, of new babies coming in. It's going to be house, Father, of the flow of the Holy Spirit as a river of God. Wherever we go, there shall be life and healing. This shall be a house, Lord, that we don't have to go be dry. We shall be flooded with you. The Shekinah glory shall dwell on this house. Just as Moses met you face to face, but then left the mountain, we get to remain there and sustain the presence of the Lord and have the glory dwell on us no matter where we go because it's not a location that we go, but it's a relationship that we have. So Lord, I say over everyone in this house, Lord, that we will have your presence with us every day that we will not allow our time to be taken or stolen away that we won't dwell in your presence. We welcome you, Lord. We welcome you, Lord. Our priorities are not like the priorities of the world that put ourselves first, but rather our priority is putting you first. You're number one. We only live to please you, Lord Jesus. And we declare that in your name. Amen. Hey, I'm excited. You don't have to worry about being a long sermon because we have to take off right after and go pack up some stuff and get to the airport. So, and the cool thing is that clock is broken. No, it's not. Okay, here comes a New York City auctioneer on speed preaching this morning. Uh, hey, I want to talk to you this morning about uh, the subject. When I first came to faith, uh, I, I came and talked to my, uh, my parents uh, my mom and my stepdad were at, at dinner, and I had given my life to the Lord, and, and uh, um, it was about two weeks later, my mom said to me this, and I thought it was interesting. She says, you act like you've been brainwashed. And I thought, here's one thing, parents, sometimes you're clueless of what your kids are up to. And she was right, I was brainwashed, because there was a lot of junk up in, the, in my head. As a matter of fact, the passage of Scripture that Pastor Lynn had shared, I wasn't going to share this, but since I have all afternoon, I might as well... Um, it was interesting because the text of that, uh, that verse in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says this, But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. And I thought that's an interesting verse of Scripture because under the old covenant our minds are blinded and our minds are are, are, are deceived and in, in, in shadows. Paul says that's why in the book of Ephesians, he's going to explain the mysteries that are in Christ. Because part of the mystery is the cleansing of our mind. And I don't know about you, but a lot of people, they need, they need their minds cleansed. They need some things happening in their head. You know, I was reading an article, and I'm not an anti-psychology. I'm not an anti, uh, 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 you know, one of those people that bashes psychology. But there's a difference between a psychologist and a Christian psychologist. And there's a difference between a Christian psychologist and a fired-up Christian psychologist. And a Christian psychologist uses the Word of God as the filter, and a Christian scientist or a Christian psychologist that doesn't use the Word of God. And there are differences in that. And I was reading an article, and it was talking about uh, the how Christianity. Uh, the guy is he was a a secular Jewish PhD, uh, and he was talking about how. Christianity is harm, or religion and Christianity, specifically Christianity, was harmful to the development of children. And he was, uh, actually I read his, his, his about five, six page journal article on it, and then uh, I did a little searching on the guy, and I found out he is an advocate of what they refer to as free-range parenting. You ever hear of free-range parenting? That's where you kind of let your kids do whatever they want and explore the world themselves and they could do it. And uh, another thing, it's called permissive parenting. He's written books and articles on it. 
And I, I thought that as, Christian, uh, as Christians, I don't know about you, but when my kids were little, I didn't say, go ahead. You know, we lived, in, we lived in Scotts Valley. Go ahead, run through the woods all day. Well, they did it anyway, but we didn't tell them that. I didn't say to them, you know, don't worry about playing with sharp knives. Go ahead, touch your hand to the iron. Experience it. It's good for you. Every single parent wants to, wants to protect their children. And I think as a believer, we're entrusted. Your children do not belong to you. They're on loan from the Lord. And your children are entrusted into your hands and your care so you can help develop their faith. And I'll tell you what, you know, Scripture is very clear about that. You know, a Christian parent, you are going to stand before the Lord. You may not like to hear this, but you're going to stand before the Lord and answer on how you raised your kids. And I know Christian parents that let their kids do whatever they want, and then when they're 16, 17, and their life's a mess, they're like, where did we go wrong? And I said, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. I'll tell you, the world is trying to brainwash our kids. The world's trying to brainwash us. And I'll tell you, we need to be people that we need to be washed with the word is what Scripture says. He says, some of you were this, but you've been transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind, knowing who you are in Christ. And so I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about it in the Old Testament. And there's a thing in the Old Testament called the Shema. If we were a synagogue, and we were Messianic Jews like my wife and Robin Cameron, you know, if we were Messianic Jews and we came together on, at the synagogue, we would always read Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we would cite what they call the Shema. And the Shema is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God, the Lord is one. And then as you continue to read that verse, this is interesting. You see, because... Israel and the people of God are called to remember that God is one. And they're also called to remember this. Look what it says. Love the Lord with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Well, my child, they're gonna, I'm going to do the Montessori approach. They're going to do whatever they want to do. They're going to learn whatever they want to. And when they're kidnapped when they're in jail and when they're on drugs and when they're in all kind of stuff and you can't communicate to them, remember this verse. We're called to impress the things of the Lord. Let me tell you about the Lord. The Lord is not a killjoy. The Lord is the one that brings joy into your life because you walk in freedom. I'll tell you what. I know what it's like to be in bondage of drugs. I know what it's like to be in bondage of sexual addiction. I know what it's like to be in bondage of alcohol. I know what it's like to be in bondage of relationships that are all jacked up. But thank God I've been washed, I've been cleansed, I've been set free from that. And I can address this because I'm one that walked in it. And I'll tell you what, my parents raised me that way. They raised me a way that says, do whatever you want, David. And then when I was hell on wheels, they couldn't understand why. And let me tell you, I was hell on wheels while I was... Uh, an eagle scout everyone thought I was this goody two-shoes guy but they had no clue what was up here because I was living a double life I looked really good on the outside but the inside was in death and destruction until I came and kneeled at the cross and was transformed and so I'm going to tell you parents you need to impress these on your children talk about them when you sit at your home when you're walking along the road when you lie down when you get up Take a symbol and put it on their hands. Allow something to be there that reminds them of the goodness of God. You know, why do we do that? You see, because this section of Scripture just begins it. But, you know, if you do this, if you continue to read in Deuteronomy later in that, that very verse 10, 11, and 12, look what it says. And when the Lord your God brings you in the land he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you, listen to this, to give you a land large with flourishing cities that you did not build. You know what that's about? That's about God providing something for you you didn't do. Yeah. Let me tell you, God wants to do something for you and your families that you didn't do. Yeah. And he says, not only that, your houses will be filled with all kind of nasty, disgusting things. Isn't that what it says? No, it says good things. Why? Because the Lord is good. And his mercies endure, and they're new every morning. That he, he said that you did not provide wells that you did not dig, vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then, when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt and out of your land of slavery. You see, one of the things that God wants to do is he wants us to develop and grow in our understanding of things so that we can walk in his blessing and favor. 
Why do I say that? Because if you look at the Gospel of Luke, Jesus, when Jesus was a little boy, he was probably the age of 12 or 13, he went into the temple and he was debating, he was debating Scripture with the priests and the rabbis. And so that means that when he was a young child, Mary, and we don't know how long Joseph was in his life, but Mary and Joseph would instruct him in the things of God at home so that when he went out into the community, he could actually converse and debate with the religious scholars of his day. And they say that he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Let me tell you, if we raise up our families, if we raise up our children, we raise up our nephews and nieces, our, our grandchildren, our grandsons and daughters, we raise them up in the things of the Lord, they're going to grow in stature with men and God. You know, i got to boast a little bit. I, I'm, I don't boast a lot about my kids, but I'm going to boast. Our son Chris, he chose a career that is a little bit different than ours. He's in the military. He's security forces. He's a military police. We were talking to him yesterday on the phone because we wanted to touch base with him before we went to overseas. And, and we said, well, what's new in your life? And he goes, oh, nothing. And his fiancée was there with him, and she nudged him, Chris, what do you mean nothing? Well, I got a little award. What, what was your award? I was awarded the non-commissioned officer of the year in the Air Force yesterday. I'm like, Chris, you didn't even tell us, you know? And I tell you that because not to boast about him, but to tell you, the anointing on the parents will rest upon the children. And as you instruct children in the anointing of God, they're going to receive favor not just with God, but with man. Some of your kids are walking in your anointing. Some of you need to, to, to press in your children to let them know the goodness of God, to see how God's favor is upon them. And you know, part of, part of this whole lie that the enemy likes to tell us is you're brainwashing your kids. Well, tell, I'll tell you what, your kids need to have their brains washed. Some of you need your brains washed. Some of you right now are thinking about things you shouldn't be thinking upon, and the Lord wants to cleanse you from that so you can walk in his favor. I tell you, take a walk with me through the store someday and listen to people. I was walking the other day down the street, and a mom was walking with her phone, using every blank and blank and profanity you could blank and imagine while her little girl was holding her hands while she's talking on the phone. And I thought, girl, I almost said to her, do you eat out of that mouth? I mean, it was like a sewer. We live in a culture that highlights profanity, and when you and I speak love or speak truth, man, we're like, we're the outcasts of culture. God wants you and I to, to develop our children in such a way that they grow up and raise up in a way that they're glorifying God. And let me tell you, it's not just about our kids, because you and I have a choice to make. Joshua in the Old Testament said this. You know, I love this passage in Joshua. He says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose you for yourself this day whom you're going to serve. You know, you make choices on who you serve every day. Some of you serve, you know, you're kind of like a, you're like a partitioned room. Ooh, I'm going to step on toes right now. You come to church and you're all dignified. Glory to God, hallelujah, praise the Lord, speak in tongues, all that stuff. And you go to work on Monday and you're speaking in another tongue. And it ain't the one that's glorifying Jesus. You may be using his name, but it's not the way he likes it being used. Some of you may talk about the goodness of God here, and then you go home and you just crab, crab, crab. You know? Some of you live one life in church. You come into church and you, you put on your religious shirt, you know? And I'm all right and sanctified and holy. And you go out the door and you put on your old dirty, stinky, like, ugh, you know? God wants you to be consistent. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why can't his followers? We need to be people who walk in the truth of who we are in Christ. you got to choose to, like, look at the bottom line. It says, but as for me and my house, we choose the Lord. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm younger than some of you, but I'm your spiritual daddy. Right now, God has appointed us to be the pastor of this house. God has appointed us to serve you and to be here. And I'm telling you, we're going we're gonna to constantly press you in to know the Lord in a better way. If you're the same way, you know the same knowledge of the Lord, on, on February 3rd, 2020, something's wrong with you. 
Because one thing I will guarantee you, we will always serve filet mignon. We're out of the Daniel fast, so I could do that. You know, Robin, you tell Michael I talked about steak again today. Because Michael told me when I talk about food during the Daniel fast, Pastor, you're killing me, you know. But we are, this is what we say to each other all the time. We will serve our church filet mignon. And if you're, you're a vegan, we'll serve you the best vegan food you like. If you're a vegetarian, we'll serve you organic stuff. But we're going to serve you the best we can from the word of God because we want you to be built up. We want you to be strong. We want you to have a mind that is the mind of Christ. And sometimes that means getting in there and scrubbing. Do you remember when your kids were little? Our kids used to play in the woods all the time. They'd come home filthy dirty. I'd, get him, I'd, I'd make them walk in the garage and say, strip your underwear. Sometimes I wouldn't even do that. I'd take them out in the backyard with a hose and spray them down with a hose. They were covered in mud. I don't know. They had, I mean, is that the truth, Phoebe? I mean, we would do that to our kids. And that's what I want to do. I want to cleanse you with the word because the word is going to give you empowerment. The word is going to let you live a victorious life. The word is going to allow you to be overcomers. The Lord is going to allow, the word is going to allow you to break those chains off of you. Mm. That's my introduction. Yes, John the Revelator said this. He said, the spirit and the bride say, come, come. And he wants you to come in here because he wants you to let you know if you're thirsty, he's going to satisfy you. If you desire him, he's going to meet the desires of your heart. If you press into him, he says, I will draw, you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And I'll tell you what, God wants us to have our minds transformed because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I mean, churches that give you bondage, I mean, let me tell you something. I, I, I pastored some churches, not because it was my choice, but the church was this way. I mean, they were in a religious girdle. I mean, they were just, I mean, I remember as a little kid, my, this is how old I am, I remember my mom wearing a girdle, and I remember her saying, honey, can you pull these straps a little tighter on the back? And she'd come down and have her strings hanging out, and it was like, a, you know, I'd have to put my foot on my mom's back and like tighten them because I was just a little kid. And we'd have to tighten up the corset a little bit on my mom because she wanted to look a little thinner than she really was, you know? And I remember as a little kid thinking, why would you ever wear that, you know? And that's the way some of us are. Churches, man, that they bind you up. I tell you, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom in Christ. And the truth is the word comes to set us free. That's why we're washed with the word. That's why we're cleansed with the word. That's why we're empowered with the word. When you're walking in the word's power, there's a liberty. There's freedom. That's why some of our minds, I mean, let me just be honest here. Some of our minds are thinking on stuff we shouldn't be thinking on. Your mind will dictate your behavior. You don't believe that? Just start getting up in the mirror and looking in the mirror every morning going, oh, you're the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Say that for 10, no, don't, this is the, the, probably a bad illustration. <laughs> but if you do that, I'll guarantee you, you'll start hating yourself. But you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror and say, wow, you look good today. You look real good today. I mean, Roman, you say that every day, man, you'll be grinning, you'll be happy. Your wife will look at you and go, man, he looks good today too. Why? Because you're saying it. You start praising who God made you. You start rejoicing in the fact that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You start glorifying in the fact that God is good to you. You start walking in that truth and walking in the understanding. You know, one of the things that happens to us is Scripture says we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. You know, and he says that actually in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, he says that is, the Apostle Paul says, that is actually our true worship. That when you realize you're transformed in the renewing of your mind, he says then, it's, it's really interesting because he uses two words here. I underline them in this PowerPoint. He says, you're no longer conformed to this world. And actually the word that is used there is kind of like, do you remember when your kids had Play-Doh and they would press Play-Doh into a mold? I remember my kids, they had the thing, it was like the press and you put the Play-Doh in and you squeeze it and Play-Doh spaghetti would come out. Well, that's what it's talking about. It's being forced into something that you're not. He says, if you do this, if you uh, present your bodies as living sacrifices to God, then the world can't cram you into their mold. That's right. That's right. And I'll tell you what, we're getting transformed by one thing or another. And you've got to make your choice, choose you who this day you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. 
And I'm not going to allow the world to transform you into their mold. You may get six days of it, but I tell you, you come in here on Sunday, and I'm going to smack you with the word of God to transform you into his word, into what God wants for you, because that's the plan and purpose for God. He wants to mold you. He says actually this. He says, but be, and the, the Greek word there is a, is a fascinating word. It's metamorphe. Do you ever hear of a metamorphosis? When one thing changes into something else? That's really what the Word of God says. But I want you to be transformed into something else. I want you to be something that I created you to be. And when you allow the Word of God to be in there, you're transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. And not just, oh, I'm this enlightened person. No, you're transformed with the Word. You know, Christians, we have this bad rap on meditation. We've allowed Eastern religions to distort the Word of God and to tell us that we can't meditate. Well, you know, Scripture says over and over, meditate upon the Word. Day and night, meditate on it. Spend your mind, when you go to bed, lay down and think about the Word of God. You know, I tell you, some of you have bad time sleeping. You need to start reading your Scripture before you go to bed. The sleep of the righteous is sweet, you know. And you put the Word, the last thing in your head is the Word of God. And over time, you're going to start to acclimate to having the Word wash you at the end of the day. Some of us, we've been exposed to garbage all day long. Some of you, and it's not by choice, but just by circumstance, you're exposed to some pretty filthy things. You need to just wash yourself with the word. You need to, you know, like, I don't know about you, but when I work in the yard or I'm working here, I remember last year I skirted all the trees back here. Remember that? Where's the youth? They were helping me. They were like dropping like flies on me, man. I had the youth out there. They had community services. Dave and, and, and Sarita's boys were helping me, and they were out there, and I had them sweating like dogs in the, in the heat, man. I was out there, and I had a chainsaw, and I was cutting things down. I think we filled up two truckloads, Danny. Danny Benz's truck, he came out with a big truck. We filled it up twice with all the branches I cut down. And I had wood chips everywhere, you know? I had it, and I remember going home. And I, I got in the garage, and I didn't even walk in the house. I just took my shirt off, busted my pants, walked up in, took a shower. I got one of those little scrubby things, you know, those little girly things. And I started just scrubbing myself. You know, all, I had it in my hair, in my ears. I, I got out of the shower. I still had stuff on me. You know, some of us experience that in the world with the culture that we live in. And you need to wash yourself with the Word. You need to get in the Word and get all those little nooks and crannies and allow the Word to cleanse you and purify you. And some of us, the things we hear, you don't choose to hear it. You just happen to hear it. Yeah. But I tell you, if you're not careful, that'll get in your spirit. That's why it's important to build yourself up in your most holy, precious faith. That's why it's important, those of you who have your spiritual prayer language, man, you need to pray in the Spirit. You need to get in there and you need to start praying. You don't need to be like, I shut up when you're out there. But you can pray to yourself. You don't have to let anyone else know you're praying. Man, I love to pray for people when they have no clue. They're like, man, something changed in here. Yeah, yeah. Me and Jesus, we're the minority. You think we're the minority, but we're the majority. You, you may think you have authority here, but guess what? I may be five foot two, eyes of blue, but I tell you what, I got more power than any of you. I got more strength because I'm walking in the anointing of the Spirit of God. And it doesn't matter what you bring against me. I know this, that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper because I serve the Most High God. And I tell you what, God wants you to walk in His authority. And He wants you to walk in His Word. He wants you to walk in the truth of His Word. And, you know, some of us, we need to have our minds completely washed with God's Word. 1 Peter says this. I love this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, 2, 3. Therefore, rid yourself. You know what he's talking about? You get out of here right now. I don't want any. Is that the right verse? That's the wrong verse. That's, that's, did I not put this? Yeah. Rid yourself of all evil, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. Like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I'm one of those guys that sometimes I drink things before I smell them. And I remember is probably about two years ago, we had a, a, a quart of milk that got kind of pushed into the back of the fridge. And there, there wasn't really enough for a glass. Guys, you know where I'm going with this, right? And I don't drink out of the gallon unless there's just a little bit in it. And I thought... I just started the dishwasher. I'm not going to get another glass dirty. And I grabbed that jug, and I went, and it was cottage cheese. That's not what the Lord is telling you to drink. 
The word is saying pure spiritual milk, not the chunky, the smooth stuff, okay? He says, I want you so that, why? So that you may grow in your salvation. You know you can grow in your salvation? You know you can mature in your faith? You know you can develop yourself spiritually? And he says, that you, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. That's what we need to get our minds on God's word. Get our mind in the word, be transformed by it, not merely reading the Bible, but processing it, getting into it, learning all the things that it's teaching us so that our minds and our bodies come in alignment with God this way. Second thing we need to do is this. We need to grow and guard our minds. Some of us, by virtue of where we work, what we're exposed to, who we're around, we get bombarded with all sorts of things. And God wants you to guard your mind. He wants your mind to be protected. Let me tell you, when you work with electricity, uh, Kim, Kim, you're an electrician. Who else electricians in here? All you electricians, raise your hands and go, Ugh. you know. When you, when you work around electricity, you don't want to be standing in water touching all copper wires. You want to have your boots on. You want to have your electrical gloves on. You want to make sure that the wires are insulated. You want to make sure your tool handles are insulated. You don't want to grab onto something that is uninsulated. And what we do by spending time in the Word, we insulate our mind against the attacks of the world. We, it, it comes like water off a duck's back end. We don't have to deal with it. Why? Because our mind is transformed. We protect ourselves. We put a, a hedge around us. He says, you know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, by, by, by processing the word of God and spending time in the word of God, we actually can demolish the arguments of the enemy. We demolish them, and not only do we demolish them, we actually take every thought captive. So when a thought comes in your mind as a believer, you don't have to let it go grab you and twist you around and move you and shake you. You can say, I take that thought captive. I no longer allow that thought to have dominion and authority in my life because I'm walking in dominion and authority of his kingdom, and my mind has been transformed. And when those thoughts come, and they will come, you take them captive. You don't allow them to take you captive. You take them captive. You understand me? Yes, 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 yes. Philippians chapter 4. Whew, love this. <laughs> Finally, brothers and sisters. Who, who does that include? Y'all. That's for you Bama gals over there. Y'all, y'all included in that. If you're from Pittsburgh, it's yuns. Okay? We're all included in that. Okay? Es todo persona. All of us are included in that. We are included in that. He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. So when you're exposed, the more exposure you have to a toxic environment, the more protection you need to put on you. The word protects us. You know, there's a thing called, the uh, last thing I want to tell you is just before we have communion, because I want to have communion with you. Um, we have to frame ourselves in the word of God. Yeah. And I was thinking about this because I was thinking about construction. And I'm not a construction guy, but I know there's a lot of, our, uh, uh, a lot of you in our crew here that are construction people. And I thought, what is the purpose of framing? Framing sets up the boundaries and the foundational establishment of a house. And so in framing our mind, what we're basically doing, we're laying out the territory of what we possess. We're not only laying out the territory of what we possess, we're laying out the territory to say, I'm going to make sure that the structural integrity of this building is secure enough to handle all the weight that's going to be upon it. So when we're framing ourselves in God's word, what we're basically doing, we're, we're declaring, this is my end. This area belongs to me. It belongs to the Lord. Everything I have is I'm a good steward. So the area that I'm framing in right here, okay, I'm framing this in so that my thoughts are held captive for Christ. That my mind is going to be framed in so that nothing can get to me. No weather, no assault, no attack of anything is going to get to me. Why? Because I framed it in. And once you do the framing in, then you could add the insulation. You could add the, the, the siding, the roof, all those things. But you've got to frame it in right. And what part of framing in helps you with longevity, it helps you with fatigue, it helps you with depression. You know, God wants to break off some of you, the depression you're under, because you haven't allowed the Word of God to transform and renew your mind. Yeah. And I understand depression's real, but I also know this. I know a God who's a healer. Yeah. 
I know a God is Jehovah Rapha. I know a God that can transform and take the old things and they pass away and behold, all things become new. I know a God that comes in and says, you know, we're walking, Jesus is walking this way and we could just reach out a hand and touch the hem of his garment and we're completely healed. Why? Because he is the God of the universe. And one of the things he wants to do is he wants to impart that to you. He wants to give you what we call a Christian worldview. And a Christian worldview is a framework that's been established on the word of God, on the truth of scripture, on the belief of who Jesus is, on the belief of who the Holy Spirit is, on the belief of who we are. You see, one thing, you know, can I pick on your kids? Do you mind if I pick on you? Because dad's going to take you out for ice cream later. See, I'm prophesying, okay? But as small children... You guys have things pushing on you that your dad and your grandparents never had. And one of the things that's important is that when you build that protection around them, things can't get to them. You know, our responsibility as parents are to raise up children that have protection around them. We instill the word of God in them so that they're strong. So when they come up with an attack, they can say, you know, I may not be able to quote the chapter and verse, but I can tell you that's not what the Lord wants me to do. I don't, I'm not going to fall under that oppression. I'm not going to fall like our culture. And, you know, right now we live in a culture that, that glorifies depression and glorifies suicide and glorifies all these things that are horrible. And we wonder why our kids are exposed to it because we haven't insulated them. We haven't built a framework around them. And some of us have to have the built, rebuilt, you know, we're, we need to get a, 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 a what do you call that, a, a remodeling of the mind because we've allowed things to get in there that aren't from the word, that aren't from the Lord, that are telling us things of who we are, that God says that's not who you were. That's the old person. That's passed away. Look, it's going to be new. Man, if I believe what the enemy told me about who I was, I'd never be standing in his church. I'd be out front mocking you. But I tell you what, I've been transformed. And I tell you, you have no clue how bad I was. You would have never let, you bored, you really messed up. You didn't do your vetting good enough. You knew who I was before. But I tell you what, that's not who I am now. And I tell you, God wants to transform us with his mind. You know what Christianity, I love about Christianity? It's not a religion that is, is uh, outside of our culture. You know, the Old Testament and the New Testament uh, sync up and say the same thing. In the book of Deuteronomy, in chapter 6, verse 5, it says, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And then Jesus, quoting it, re referring in the Gospel of Matthew, says this. He says, And love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You see, we're total. And your mind is really important. You know, if you've ever heard the expression, he's lost his mind, that's a sad place. You know, we had a gentleman here during the Thirst Conference came walking in and he walked up and he says, you know, I don't know where I live. I don't know how to get home. Can you help me? And, he, and I sat with him. We called. I called the police. The police came over. They knew exactly who he was. He's a wanderer, they call him. And he, he, but he, he lost his mind. He kept sitting there at the table out here in the foyer saying, I just don't know where I'm at. And my heart went out with compassion to him because he, had, he actually is, he's lost the, chem, the chemical and the physical processes of his mind connecting where he should be and who he is. Didn't even remember his name. But i tell you what, God has the ability of transforming our minds and renewing our minds. And this morning, we're going to celebrate communion together. Ushers, if you want to come and get ready. But I want to, Manny, can you move this over there, please? Thanks, buddy. Um, I want us to rededicate our thought life to the things of God. You know, I, I understand, I, you know, I, part of the blessing I think I have as your pastor, I haven't always just worked in the church. I've worked out in the world as well. I worked in construction. I worked in the medical field for a while. I worked in sales for a while. And I understand some of the pressures we, we face as, as Christians. And I, I'm not naive enough to believe that it's like Disney and they lived happily ever after. Life is going to throw some stuff at us that we don't want to deal with. But I tell you what, I know this. I know a God who is faithful. And I, I know a God who can do exceedingly, abundantly above what you imagine or ask. I know a God who is in the restoration business. I know a God that is in the cleansing business. I know a God that is in the forgiveness business. And what we're going to do this morning, we're going to take communion. But what I'm going to have the ushers do, the ushers are going to pass out the elements. I want you all to hold them. And then what we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer that our minds are transformed by his word. Yeah. That, you see, part of communion is to remember what he did for us. 
But also communion is to remember what he's doing for us and what he shall do for us. So it's not just past tense, but it's a present tense and it's a future tense of what the Lord is able to do. And I'll tell you what, the Lord wants to do great things through you and I. Not just through the people on this side of the pulpit, but the people that come into this house. He wants to do great things through you. Worship team, lead us in worship. The ushers. Praise the Lord. We have prayer teams available. Prayer teams, if you can be down here. If you would like to have some special prayer uh, before you leave, keep the India team in your prayers this next 21 days. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you transform our minds. Lord, I pray over this house as we're going to be scattered for a bit physically, that we remain in unity spiritually. Lord, over this house. Lord, you're doing great things, doing awesome things. Lord, and we want to uh, continue moving forward in what you have assigned to us, Lord. So we just declare that. I pray safety over all of this house, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray increase over this house, Father. In your precious name, amen. God bless you as you go. Have a great week.